This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. It's Beth Patterson. Woo! Okay. Hey, how's my glass keep magically refilling? I really wish. Power of Prince. Happened. It my, is. My drinking with author's shot glass has refilled mm. itself with. By the way, these things, I bought them, and this is not a normal shot glass. By the way, I used to be a bartender. Um, this is not a normal shot glass. This is like two shots in one. So I'm very proud of myself. It has honey jack in it. Figure yeah. it gets the job done. Jen, let's talk about the boring thing you're putting in your face. Lacroix. that. Lime. It's pretty good, actually. Oh, honey jack and shots. It's not cold. Okay, Jeff, what are you drinking? This is a, a red blend uh, by a, a winery called Field Recordings, but their uh, version, they call this fiction. So I thought, you know, I can't, you know, there are going to be some things stranger than this. Yeah, oh my god, yes. And at, there are going to be some things that are inspired stranger than that. Absolutely. Okay, we have rapid fire questions. I've got this. I've done some shots. What people don't know is the last podcast, I did one of these double shots and then filled this with my drinking with author's cup with a uh, honey jack and ginger ale. So, I'm I'm doing fucking great right now. Um so rapid fire question number 1, what is your favorite book? Wow, that's that that is I'm sure a lot of authors give you this because that's really hard to say as far as books that um, uh, that influenced me as a child. Um, like favorite childhood book was probably David and the Phoenix. Um, uh, a lot of my favorite books are uh, as an adult are not only a lot of speculative fiction that I'm reading, but also things like Confederacy of Dunces, Cat's Cradle, um, The Poisonwood Bible. Um, a lot of things that are non-speculative fiction. Um, and then uh, a lot of, um, I'm currently binge reading a, a lot of the Shauna McGuire uh, series. Oh. Um, I just picked up, I did not answer your question, did I? I don't have no, a favorite. No, it's fine, we're drinking. You just go, you go. I don't yeah. do really well with the rapid fire. So if you answer more, I have to think less. I like okay. it. I, I, cause, cause that, that, what is my favorite book uh, is impossible to say. Um, what book would you recommend people read? Well, um, you see, now we're going to go back to young people's literature because after a certain point, um, you don't know what uh, is going to appeal to people, uh, what is going to be off-putting. So uh, when I go back to things that were perhaps Newbery winners, uh, things that adults can still relate to, um, there are things that um, are great for adult fiction, but might um, might be off-putting to other readers. So uh, going back to uh, the things that influenced me, like Julie of the Wolves. Oh my God. Um, uh, that was one. Um, uh, a lot of the Marguerite Henry books, um, you know, that, that because uh, we're, we're basing on, uh, on some things that were, uh, that, that really happened and based on real horses and events. Okay, so then what is um, your least favorite book of all time? What is my least favorite book? Oh, God. 
okay, people are going to hate me for this. They could not- hate me way that more than they're going to hate you when I get talking on this podcast about my least favorite book. You're good. I it's I don't, I don't know because because uh, a least favorite book. There are things that I will just make myself go. You know, I paid twelve bucks for this book, and God damn it, I'm going to get through this. Um, but there there are certain books that just pissed me off because I felt like they got off the course of things. Um, the entire arc, especially if it's in a series, like there has to be, I want to see some continuity. Um, and um, uh, the last, the final Gene Owl book, I couldn't get through. It pissed me off. They finally get back to the Zelandoni with, with John Delar's family. All yeah. that stuff. It pissed me off. <laughs> It got me really, and of course, I was going through a very bad time uh, when I was reading this. Um, and um, spoiler alert, people are douchebags. Um, <laughs> but when uh, John Delar hooks up with his ex, I wanted to throw the book out the window saying, fuck you, Gino! You know, that, because that had been, um, I, you know. She, she spent most of book three with another person. So, I mean. Yeah. Now, that being said, if I can say something to redeem myself in the eyes of Gene Owl fans, Valley of the Horses is a book that every 13-year-old girl should have. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. I will say um, the Plains of Passage can go fuck itself. So, like, I fucking hate that book. And the reason I do, so see, like, you're going to be redeemed because you're not me talking about this. I've talked about this fucking before. Do not describe every blade of fucking grass for me as we're walking through it and the genesis of that fucking grass. Nobody cares. Go back to the fucking clan of the cave bear where people are riding on fucking horses and whatever's happening. Like, no! And I know that a lot of um, anthropologists um, are especially uh, pissed off at, at these books. I mean, it's speculative. We can't um, we can't honestly believe that one person invented the atlatl, or one couple were invent were were um, uh, responsible for the invention of the atlatl, the needle, um, the domestication of horses and wolves that later became dog. I mean, we cannot. Of course, it's speculative, um, and it's a blonde-haired uh, white uh, woman who does it all. Yeah, the what? She's a blonde-haired white woman who does it all. Thank you. I, I know it's like, and, and you know, the things, the, the you know, Valley of the Horses. On the other hand, I have to say, um, you know, no matter what uh, people sat you down and taught you or didn't teach you. Um, it's something that every eighth grade girl, you know, just read the Valley of the Horses. And when you come of age, you'll know what to do. Yeah. No, I, hands down, Planet of the Caber, love that book. Valley of the Horses, love that book. Got to fucking Plains of Passage, wanted to kill everyone in the room. Mammoth yeah. Hunters is where she hooks up with Rannick the whole time. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, can. Don't, don't, we're not going down there. Just That's... to make us angry. Okay. Ooh. Moving on. Uh, okay. Thank you. Okay, bite my tongue. Um, but yeah, the the um, shelters of stone. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Land of the painted caves pissed awesome. me off. I mean, d- let me tell you how I really feel. It pissed me off. See, I see a little different from you. I I fucking stopped at Plains of Passage. I tried, and then I was like, "You've lost me buying any more books from you." And I I'm a little bit different, like. And I, Jen 
I feel like I've, I've helped change Jen's mind about this. I will not fucking read a book if it loses me. Like, I don't care. Even if it's somebody I love and that I'm close to, I won't. Because I can't. If you push me so far out of the story, like, I'll give you a couple, like, okay, you push me out of the story a little bit. But if I'm out of the story too much, I'm like, fuck this. I, I don't care if I paid for it. I will not finish it. I will not finish doing it. I'm done. I don't care. That's, that's a hard lesson that I think a lot of authors need to know um, because um, Bill and Jody uh, were among the people, they were the ones who I give the most credit to saving my novel um, from being what uh, I think Anne Lamott would have called a self-indulgent sack of spider puke. And at the very first, the, the opening scene was something that would have been very off-putting. And um that's the thing is like, if not even your friends can get through something, you know, it's, it's like, you have to make sure that you keep your readers in, engaged and it's, it's a, it's a bitter pill to swallow, but it, I think it's important. Um, I got to throw a caveat. Trust your friends that actually read the genre you want to read and can give you constructive advice on it. Yeah. It's, you, can, you can't take everything. No, not at all. You can't, and you have to. You have to go. Do you actually like the kind of book I'm writing? I have a ton of friends that are super supportive of my writing, and they love that I write. But I don't give a flying fuck if they ever read anything because they're not my audience on either of the genres I write. So, yeah, it's. I mean, that that's the same sort of thing. Like you know, because you said you write horror and erotica. Um, here's the funny thing about me: I collect sick jokes. Uh, bring on the filthy jokes, the shockers that like the things like, oh, no, you just didn't, you know, tell them to me. I, I'm, you know, I'm all ears when it comes. But there's a, a buffer of humor when it comes to the serious stuff. I found out once, you know, th that um, I cannot write in that genre. I need I need like a buffer of humor to, to keep that discomfort at bay. Like I'm very uncomfortable writing about the real intimacy. Um uh, and um, it was for an open call. I, and I'm friends, I'm friends with the editor who, who had put this out, but she had said it's supposed to be about sex or love with demons, not and or. So I was getting all philosophical about this woman who invokes a demon and what happens when he has a human experience and she has an infernal experience and she's no longer quite human and he's no longer a true demon and blah, blah, blah. She's like, no, there has to be some you know, there has to be some serious. There's going to be some know. fucking. She's doing a fucking gesture for yeah. For those, no, for those who are on YouTube, but yeah, for those who are not watching the visual, there has to be uh, some some serious sausage going on. And so I'm sitting there, like, so she gave me three choices, and and I love this person dearly, and and I, I appreciate that she she understood my my discomfort. She said, "Well, you could pull out, no pun intended, um, or just see if I can actually do this under my my real name." Or she said, you could just go crazy and, and take on a, a nom de plume like Lolita Sucker Pop. Uh, That's a brilliant so, fucking name. I hope you took that immediately. You know, I wish I had in hindsight, but, you know, but I didn't. I just decided that I was going to uncomfortably, I was going to go forth very uncomfortably under my real name going, and then he took his, and he put it in my, oh God, don't make me write this. Uh, and, uh, and I got through it and I decided, okay, we tried this. This is not what we're cut out to do. We can, we can only write about salacious topics if there's humor involved. Let's go back to singing a song called Show Me on the Doll. Oh, 
see, I think that's brilliant because every author is different. What every author wants to create is different. And from somebody that straddles the writing, I write humorous erotica. That's my erotica that I write. I write humorous, write humorous erotica. erotica. Yeah. Oh my God, this is awesome. You see, that's yeah, what right, I should have done. Right. Make it the humorous. First, the first book I put out was called My Home on Whore Island. And it was really based on the line from Anchorman. It made me laugh my fucking ass off. And the sequel that just got released is called Slumming It on Slut Street. And it's it's very humorous erotica. But at the same time, when I write um, horror, none of my stories have a happy ending. And everybody pretty much has the same. Ending, yeah, you like that? I straddled both. Um, it, they have the same reaction, I find. A lot of times on my stories where um, my horror stories is people go, what the fuck just happened? Like, <laughs> it's not settled. They're not settled at the end of it whatsoever. But I think, you know, at the same time, I can't write sweet romance. I can't write um, some of the other stuff that gets written by people because I think each of us has a voice that we have and can communicate in that voice. And I think if it's not for you, then it's not for you. Like Jen has this series that is a, just a wonderful epic adventure fantasy series, right? And I love it. And I and I love that I'm eviscerated in fiction in it. But um, you're the voice <laughs> of reason. Whatever. Um, you know, half a dozen of one, six of the other. Um, but I know that I can't write that kind of series. That's not, it's just not my ball game. It's not where I find inspiration. So I think it's great when you learn your jam and then you can do your jam. Well, here's, here's the thing too, is that there's a lot of horror um, that isn't necessarily in that genre. You can find a lot of very terrifying things in something that is fantasy because we're going into the realms of, you know, of, of possibilities, things that are not your, what you typically expect as horror that are in fact horrifying. And you can find some really wonderful love stories and things that are not that genre. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be what you set out to make it. Um, when I published, uh, the publisher itself is boots up, but I have 10 million copies available at Louisiana Music Factory. Uh, hard copies and it's on Kendall KDP. But when this came out, um, the publisher decided to put it as paranormal romance. And I'm like, oh no, you didn't because the romance was not the end game for me. There is a, a, a structure, a, a, an arc where the romance is something that is in passing, but the greater arc is that there's still something missing and um, the main character still has to come into her own to be complete. Um, so it's like, it's like, you know, even though this is classified as paranormal romance, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> they were just figuring out their Amazon, like what category to put it in. and Algorithm. Algorithm. Okay. This is supposed to be rapid fire questions. And I thought of one in Jenny. I have, I have, think I have one. a threesome. I have the okay. three. All right. I, so, I have um, one and then you can have a threesome. What the okay. fuck is happening on the podcast? Um, so my you Rush is your favorite band. What is your favorite song? Would you please? Um, again, if you were going there. You were too fucking slow. Again, I don't um, because I have this very bad habit, and I think a number of my friends do too, 
is that I will get obsessed with a certain song and I will listen to it 16, 20, 30 times a day, and then I'm sick of it and then I move on to the next one. I don't do that with people, but for some reason I do that with songs. What's um, the last one you did? I, I do, the last one I, the last one I did was a, a song that came out probably in the 90s by a Chilean band that changed my life. A group from, uh, from Chile called Yapu. Um, and you know, if they, if you said their name in Chile, everybody would know, uh, because they are absolutely iconic. Um, they were exiled, um, during the Pinochet, uh, regime, you know, the, the dictatorship. Um, and, um, they took what everybody thinks, um, th you know, people think they know what these are erroneously called pan flute bands. Um, just because they have the kinas and the zampoñas and the, you know, the, the, all the traditional Andean instruments and some are, are more specific to different regions. Um, but they absolutely took that and, and turned it on its ear and made it into a genre, made it into something that uh, is cross-cultural. They absolutely made it their own. And this, this song called Si Alumbra La Vida, uh, Life Lights Up. Um, I never get tired of that song. Um, my Spanish is piss poor, but I'm starting to get more and more, you know, as I just listen, uh, because there's so much of that song that, uh, trans that transcends language. Um, it is one of those songs that if I am dead or if I, if I'm on life support and somebody, you know, they said, should we unplug this person, play that song. And if I don't respond, I'm dead. Unplug me. I hope you put that in your living will for your husband. Yeah, Se Alumbra, uh, several Rush songs, of course, but uh, a, a number of others, including Se Alumbra La Vida, Life Lights Up. Um, they have a lot of other topics that are uh, pertinent to human rights uh, and things like that. Uh, but this is just a, a pure joy. And I was playing at the time with a group that they were from Honduras and Guatemala, but they played a lot of the music of Andean folk music. You know, so I learned these different rhythms from, uh, I was playing bass and I learned these rhythms from Bolivia, Ecuador, Chile, um, Peru, you know, things like that. And um, as, this, as the token gringa, uh, I embraced it all. And I was, I was digging the sounds and the traditional rhythms, but they put on Yapu and my whole world changed. That's amazing. Okay, Jen, your three questions. Go for it now that I've oh, I'm well, no, I, had, I had a I had a pinch hitter thrown in here because I was gonna do um favorite band next to Rush, favorite album, and I was gonna do favorite song, but I'm gonna add first album that you bought for yourself. Mm. First album that I bought for myself. Pearl Jam 10. I know I'm I'm Mr. I'm, Mr. I'm Mr. trying Pearl to give you an, an honest answer because um I think it was um, probably Synchronicity by the Police. Okay. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I, I cut my I cut my teeth on police bass lines uh, because I was a bass player first. Uh, and um, Sting had a great way of approaching the bass in a way that was simple, that, uh, that I could follow along what he was doing. But his choice of notes and his approach uh, was tasteful enough that there is so much music in just more than just the simplicity. It was his choice of notes and the phrasing um, that helped me cut my teeth, just mimicking what I thought was musical. Me and Jen are awesome guitar hero players, just in case that ever comes up and you ever need that. If you ever need that backup, we- I can, I can play the white stripes, that's my- 
Yeah. And Judas Priest. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case you ever need that. Every you're a band backup. Going oh. back to Rush, there's an epic uh, video of uh, when Rush was on the, the Colbert Report. And um, uh, backstage, they gave them um, uh, Guitar Hero or, or you know, the, the band version, you know, where they're supposed to play Tom Sawyer. They're play, supposed to play their own song on the little controllers, and they bombed. I, 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 I will say I, I, I haven't played it in a long time, but I do have a, I live with a musician. I had to learn an instrument. I played flute too, um, but I have a bass. And the bass and then the Guitar Hero bass is similar. The guitar is totally different, but... Mm -hmm. Okay, what's your, you asked questions and you, were you talking to drunk people, Jen? You got to go back to the first one. Okay, the first one was, um, well, we just did uh, first album you bought. Oh, um, favorite album overall and then band next to Rush. Yeah, um, I, I, again, favorite album overall, hard to say, you know, because with Rush, um, you know, you've got um, that whole era that, that would be the Farewell to Kings, uh, Hemispheres, um permanent waves that kind of that kind of era right there it's hard to narrow it down but i've narrowed it down to three um next to rush i'm a huge iron maiden fan hair bands i'm gonna say it. i grew up with hair bands i grew up going to see them on sunset strip so i grew up in hollywood california so nice. yeah i got to go see them what a lot of people don't know is the bands had to pay to play in those clubs yep not all of them but a lot of them. And I miss hair bands. We don't have hair bands anymore. It's, it, it was a very strange time because um, when I was starting to play bass and of course the sexism was just uh, not even hidden. Um, so people were, were saying, of course, I also grew up in a town that was not exactly, I mean, Lafayette, Louisiana, you know, for all that, the things that I love about my hometown, it's not fun to grow up when you're a woman and want to do things that people think are typically assigned to the men. Um, I'm sure that's different now. Um, but so it was very strange to hear these guys that were threatening me uh, if I ever dared to come to a certain music store again. And at the same time, they're worried about their Spanx and their hair and their eyeliner. Um, so that was a very cognitively dissonant time. But this is, this is one of the anthologies I was recently in. Um, and it's one of the photos that I sent you, Erica. Yes, yes. Um, and we'll post it. It will be posted. It, it's, it's, a, um, there's a, it's a wonderful um, indie uh, publisher based in Australia. Um, and I feel a connection because I got to be connected with these folks after my last time in Australia. Uh, but one of the prerequisites was um, it has to be about... Um, it's, it's a horror story. It has to be around bands, music, groupies, whatever. And you have to choose your title based on a song title. And that's the nice thing is that you cannot copyright a song title. Um, and so my uh, story was Power Slave. And not only did I take an Iron Maiden title, but I have tiny little Iron Maiden um, story titles hidden all throughout my story. And uh, I never bothered to count how many. But uh, if I had money, you know, before the pandemic and shit, uh, I would have had a contest like how many Iron Maiden references can you spot in this one song? Uh, count the number correctly. and You get a nice pat on the head. <laughs> That's all I can offer right now. A socially distance pat on the head. 
I like it. Yeah, there there are a, a shit ton of. Um, what is of the name Iron of that Maiden. book? Say it out loud for the people that aren't watching us on video. Oh, Although okay. If you're not, right. you should be because it's people, way more entertaining. Yeah, people people do not have the visual. It's banned, as in B A N N E D. Uh, it's it's uh, from um, Black Hair, H A R E, like the rabbit. Um, Black Hair Publishing, um, and uh, it's an it's an anthology, and um, yeah, everything has to. In, for those of you who can't see the title, it's this wicked looking chick uh, who's uh, got a six string bass, and she's really hot. But you can kind of see the skull face underneath. There's a bunch of flames and shit, and it's it's really cool. And you should buy it. Um, but it's it's because I thought you know, uh, combining horror with the music industry. I barely have to lift a finger for this. <laughs> and I, I can tell you guys so many horrors about the music industry, but I, mine was about, was largely about things that I really had to deal with. Uh, and I'm not, I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. Part of this was just shameless revenge porn. Hey, uh, I know you're supposed about to care that. about the characters, but um, there are um, things, uh, there, there are, helpful hints in there in case anybody reads a story about how not to act uh, when you attend a live music contract, uh, 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 live music uh, concert. God, have I really drunk over half a bottle of wine by now? You did, you did. Yeah. But anyway, so it, it, it's, it's uh, all kinds of things like, you know, don't do the ear splitting two finger whistle in a small room. Uh, don't, you know, scream out requests for free bird in the middle, you know, and, and, you know, that's in there too, but, you know, and all the other kinds of evil, evil that men do. But uh, anyway, yeah. So see if you can count the number of Iron Maiden references in this story, Power Slave, in this anthology band, B-A-N-N-E-D. That is awesome. Okay. I have a question. You talked a little bit in, um, about your writing process, but where do you put yourself? So you a uh, pantser, uh, not a shit pantser, obviously that was early in your career, but- That was very are, early. Yeah, are you a pantser, a plotter, a planter? Like how, what is your method? I'm, I'm still trying to find that. Um, the Wild Harmonic, um, my, my first and only novel thus far, I started out as being totally a pantser because I just didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, I said, oh, I've got enough to make a story here. And then I can expand it and expand it. So it was before I knew what I was doing. So it's more like having like kind of a story equivalent of an insect in that it's got a head and a thorax and an abdomen. It's like, it's all one and the same, but yeah. Uh, there are a lot of things I would have done differently. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful uh, for the counsel that I got from Bill and Jody and a few other people. Um, so I, I'm working on another one um, that I tried strictly as uh, a plotter um, and um, the end result between the wild harmonic or the sequel and the plotter is that the plotter um, work in progress is like, I've got this strong world and all the characters are still kind of flat and one dimensional. Mm. And the pantser thing, like with uh, the wild harmonic, it's a hot mess, but it's like getting to play with my imaginary friends. I don't know. I so I'm still I'm still trying to to figure out um, what I am. You know, I asked Jody, and uh, she said, I think she said she's a planter. Is, is Jody like, is a planter? She absolutely, yeah. And I think 
you know, you have to make sure you don't put so many guardrails up that you can't play. Yeah, that's the mistake that I made uh, with this other work in progress that is not related to the Wild Harmonic. It's a standalone novel. So I've got some guardrails up and now I think it's time to uh, start going nanny-nana-boo-boo and uh, be that smart-ass kid in the back of the classroom who shakes things up a little bit. I think Uh, that's brilliant. You're talking to somebody who is ridiculously in the pantsing profession. I do not plot whatsoever anything well, right my, my first attempt was so messy but, but that's because I didn't know what I was doing about certain things that I think I swung hard the other way uh with plotting this other word uh, uh work in process and now I, so I'm still trying to find a balance um but it will definitely be a hybrid uh of some sort when are when are we to expect your next your next story my friend well, I've got uh, a novella that I just sent um, to a beta reader, um, very reputable uh, person. Okay, it's Judy. Um, I was going to say that's a super reputable person. Yeah, it's, it's listening. If I can send any of my stories, just ping me. It's fine. It's cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's uh, it it's the next thing that should be out that uh, noteworthy uh, is going to be a novella. Um, it's already been accepted by Black Hair. Um, and it started out as just a story that was under 5,000 words. And it's very much my wonky narrative where I'm just basically completely unapologetic. Um, there are F-bombs, there are just ridiculous things that happen. Um, it's, it's making fun of a lot of things. It's um, not so uncensored that it goes into the, oh God, she did, you know. I'm trying to make sure that it's, that it's just enough without being too extra. So that's the um, the feedback I'm hoping to get from Judy along with, you know, what other colossal errors have I made here? Um, but it's, uh, I had written it, it was supposed to be for a humorous anthology, didn't quite make the cut, uh, but they did say, we really like your narrative. Can you try sending us something else? And I haven't been able to come up with anything since. So I sent it for a, uh, a weird anthology and they said, it doesn't quite fit, but we would like to publish it as a standalone, one of these standalone reads. And they do that. They do things that are novelette to novella reads that are these cute little booklets. Uh, they're adorable and um, I love them so much. Um, however, I didn't feel that I could um, release something uh, under 5,000 words as uh, a single read. So I asked them, I said, can I, um, can I expand on it? And luckily they said, yes. Um, so I have, have done this. And so I'm waiting to get the feedback to make sure that the continuity is the same. Cause I did do a little bit of growing up in the process since I wrote the wild harmonic to make sure that, that there's enough continuity in the narrative in the plot that I haven't accidentally left anything out. Um, and because it's very tongue in cheek as in somebody else's tongue in your cheek and you can, decide what I mean by chic, where it's it's that special. Um, I wanna make sure that there's a little bit of comedic callback. Um, it's supposed to be humorous, it's dark, uh, but it's it's quirky. It's a little bit like what I wrote for, um, for the things that I wrote for um, Release the Virgins and Across the Universe, which is another one of my humorous stories. And um, What is the name uh, of this awesome tale? It's called The Spirit of Rodeo. It's, it's a, a spoof on a Rush 
title, The Spirit of Radio. And I hope this is okay because I asked uh, the, the editor in chief, hey, I'm about to go on a podcast. Can I talk about this novella? And uh, I never got around to actually getting an answer because I was talking about some other stuff that was even weirder than my novella. If you can read the bottle of wine, it's fine. You could just be like, listen, there was drinking and I warned you. Ask for forgiveness, not permission. That is my philosophy in life. I, I think I think he's gonna be cool with it. Um because I've already signed the contract. So it's gonna come out in one shape in, in way in in some form. Um but it's um basically what happens when a, uh, a, a touring rock musician gets in trouble and uh, the judge decides to uh, give a sentence, you know, gives him two choices, castration or one night as a rodeo clown. Wow, those are two very different options. I would go I with rodeo learned, clown. I was, I was working on, on two different stories at the time that I was, I was still crafting this and I was working on another story at the time and I, I wish I had taken a screenshot of what came up in my search engine because... In my search history, the, the, the three things that came up was, um, let me see, it was three types of rodeo clowns. How much does a Bosendorfer piano weigh and how long can a person survive sealed in a New Orleans uh, mausoleum? Uh, these were for two different stories, but I like the fact that they came up in rapid fire succession. I tell everybody that um, if, in, and my close friends such as Jen know, um, if I'm ever arrested, I need you to show up with my books in your hand and explain that I am an author. I was, I, I was interviewing an author and she, I forget what she types. Was it for authors or for writing or for writing a book? Like she adds that to the end of every search history she does. Wow. That's, you know what, that, that is brilliant. And I think I'm going to share that with pretty much every writing group I belong to because that's kind of bloody important. Yeah, uh, because if you don't have a friend, we will all end up in jail for something. And then I know, right? Let me explain. I realize this looks like I'm a serial killer, but I write about serial killers. <laughs> like it's I I had to I I had to look up some some have had to look up some different things. Of course, there's looking up things and then there is no substitute for actually trying to get as much um experience directly as you can without being a method writer but like uh, in one scene there's a there's a car on fire and so I had to contact a friend and uh, whose car had recently caught on fire and I said um I hope you don't have to answer me if this is bringing up bad memories but can you please tell me about that time your car caught on fire because like you know I cut because it's not just enough to see the visuals I need to know what did what what was the, the smell? Is was there any heat? What were the sounds? Um, I needed to know more than just there's a flaming car because people say show don't tell, which is the title of another Rush song, by the way. Um, I I am uh, googled how long it would take a body to decompose, and depending on the heat. Oh yeah, that's that's uh, kind of common with horror writers, I think. Somebody uh, on one of the forums, people said, what is the weirdest thing that you had to Google today? And one was how much pressure um, of, of a human bite can feasibly snap off another pe person's finger. Um, another is what deep sea creatures would uh, actually feed on a human corpse. Um, 
as writers, writers are in a lot of trouble if they don't uh, predicate that they're writers when you're doing Google searches. I'm quite sure the CIA or whatever is like, what the fuck? Well, we, 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 what? we what? They're going to read your documents file. Be like, oh, yeah. here it is. You know, as, as after a certain point, I'm like, you know what? Bring it on, bitches. Because um, <laughs> there's so many people on these forums. Um, like every now and again, I will pop off some random bit of tri trivia when uh, my husband and I will be in mixed company and, and my husband will say, how did you know, you know, never mind, I don't want to know. Um, and sometimes we'll be walking and I'll get a look on my face. We might be having having a meal together or we might be on a walk and he'll he'll say, are you creating a scene? Because apparently I, get a look on, apparently I get a look on my face when I'm I'm writing in my head he was like are you creating a scene yes. did you kill me in it these are the questions that are important um and the okay. answer to that is always no no my boyfriend asked me if i'm going to kill him in a scene and i'm like i have to be careful because if it comes to real life i can't have it be mimicked <laughs> you can't have the right. guideline <laughs> okay no. so we we have to meet in person. You are fabulous and fantastic. And I'm so glad Jody reached out to you and told you to come on this show because you have just been a completely awesome person to talk oh, to. Thank you, guys. I hope that we can all hang out soon once this stupid pandemic is over and uh, we can we can all drink together in real life because it has been a pleasure getting to know you guys. No, it absolutely has. And Jen can be our designated driver, which is like the most thoroughly awesome part of it. She yeah. wasn't allergic to alcohol the entire time. She used to, used to drink and then it happened. And then I'm like, designated driver, BFF forever. <laughs> so I've got to ask you before we end this podcast, what advice do you have for writers? If you could give one piece of nugget, nugget of advice, what do you have? Don't let anybody shatter your confidence. I love that. I love that. That, that, that was the first thing that came to mind. No, uh, it's perfect. Yeah. That that's everything else will follow. Um, you can develop your chops later. You can go to seminars. You can learn. There are all things that that people advice that people will tell you. But first and foremost, do not let anybody shatter your confidence. That is brilliant. Okay, so how do our esteemed listeners, they're esteemed, find you? Um, BethPattersonMusic.com and my entire catalog uh, digitally. You can hear me, um, everything that I've ever recorded is uh, bethpatterson.bandcamp.com uh, and my entire digital catalog is on there and that's everything I've recorded solo. And there are other kinds of weird bootlegs. And you know, if, if you get me drunk enough at some point, I'll tell you about some cassettes that are released under a pseudonym. Oh, uh, oh that, I'm making a note of that, that's happening. That's yes. happening when we're live and in person. The ones where, where, where the drums sound like you know, and and I don't have the you know the money is is really good, and I don't have the heart to tell the the producer, you know, I think I need a change in direction here. I think I'm gonna go under this pseudonym, you know. Oh, I can't wait because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get you drunk enough to make that happen for us. So uh, I hope you find promise. your writing. Uh, writing um, is um, 
you know, there, I have an Amazon author page. And if I try to rattle off the actual URL, I would, I would totally fail my driving test right now. Uh, but I, I do have an Amazon and a Goodreads page. Um, I haven't been added to all of the anthologies, but I'm not getting my panties in a bunch because a lot of these are anthologies with lots of people on them. So just for the record, if you email Amazon, they will put you on every anthology. You're supposed I, to I, I intend to do that. But uh, first, I think I need to, you know, have some food and take a nap first. Okay, I agree. That should that should be done. You have been just thoroughly amazing, my friend. You are so fantastic, and it's just really it has been a pleasure. And I can't wait to get to know you more. This is going to be awesome. Thank you so much. So, for our listening audience and watching audience, this has been Drinking with Authors Literary Griefs episode. And no, we're not in our underwear because apparently that was frowned upon. But I've been Erica Lance. Thank you. And we will see you next time.